Scripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm Daniel Hummer. I'm here with uh, a couple of really good guys. Quinn is here. Yo. And uh, Dougie's here. Yo. How you doing? Pretty good. It's been a, it's been a weird uh, wrestling week. Get into it. Uh, well, first I gotta ask this, Quinnis, are you going to Extreme Rules tomorrow? No, I'm not going to Extreme Rules tomorrow. Okay. To be honest, are you looking forward to the show? Because there's actually a couple matches on there that I can't wait for. I'm looking forward to the show. I'll just not go to the show. It's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I was just asking, like, if you were looking forward to the show. Because, like, it, to be honest with you, this card actually looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. the card looks good. It's just that, I don't know, ever since, like, football season starts, I don't really pay attention to Raw that much anymore. Right. So I usually watch the Raw highlights and watch SmackDown and maybe AEW. Yeah. Uh, but no, like Extreme Rules it should be good tomorrow. I mean, you're going to have – I'm assuming the main event is either going to be Bailey and uh, Bianca in the ladder match or Edge and Balor in the I Quit match. Uh, I think it's going to be Ron. No, I think they're going to give, they're giving it to Ronda and uh, Liv Morgan. Oh, they are. I think so. Cause they're like the the feature of poster going around. Okay. Like I mean, any world. one of the four, I think, would be a good main event. That you know is not going to have anything to do with your world champion. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what other matches are going to be on that show besides those. Sp- oh, wait, no. Uh, McIntyre and Karrion Cross in a strap match. That ought to be good. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to check it out for sure. The main event, I mean, the. Not the main event, but. Well, is, is Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey going to be the main event? Because that's what they're saying. I, I'll they, that's what they're saying. I get that feeling they might give it to him because it's Ronda Rousey. That's fine. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like a good card. It's going to be a good one. It's uh, Edge and Finn Baylor, or Edge and Finn Baylor is going to be what I'm looking most forward to. Yeah, it's going to be really, it's going to be really good. We don't get a lot of I Quit matches that much, but I think those two will put on a really good one. All right, uh, I mean Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins with our boy DC is obviously going to be yeah. a good one, and uh, yeah. Can't keep happening though. The strap match looks really good, and uh, 
obviously Bianca Belair and Bailey, I think it's going to be a good time. So yeah, no, it'll be it, that'll be real good. And again, like I know those five matches. I don't know. I can't remember if anything else is scheduled for the show or not. No, but I think it's just those six matches so far. So I think, uh, yeah. It's looking like a good one. Does anyone have a worker for the week or anything? Uh, worker of the week, I would probably. Uh, I don't know who I would give it to. Probably uh, Darby, or no, not or either Darby or Wardlow, because Wardlow had a really good match with Brian Cage on Dynamite Wednesday night. And then, like, if if Wardlow, FTR, and Samoa Joe keep interacting with one another, I think that would actually make, like, a really good group. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see it. Uh, Clement, do you have a worker of the week? Well, I could. I'll say I'll give it to Bailey. I mean. Yeah. Bailey yeah. would be mine. Bailey was probably my pick as well. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our main topic. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we do have to. We do have to kind of bring up uh, last week, and uh, Japanese legend Antonio Inoki died. Yes, he did. Uh, and then yesterday, the girl that won uh, the 2015 Tough Enough, the female winner, uh, Sarah. Uh, well, her married name Sarah Weston. She passed away. Yeah, RIP to both of them. Obviously, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter who did more in the business. We lost two lives. Yeah. And it, it's very sad, especially Sarah was only 30, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's very sad. We yeah, don't. two kids. There were two kids. Uh, yeah, two or three, I think. Something like or maybe that. maybe three, yeah. Yeah. But she, she was a good person. Uh, at least she seemed like it on the Tough Enough show. Uh, they never really did anything with her, but she... Yeah, it's very sad and tragic what happened to her. Do we still not have a cause of death? Not yet. Uh, they're kind of keeping everything under wraps. Anoki, uh, probably one of the most underrated people in the business for how much money he's brought in. Like, Didn't he start in uh, New Japan? He started in New Japan in 1980. By the way, he is an unofficial holder of the WWE title. He is, and he's also had one of the biggest gates ever against Slayer. Right, for that uh, collision in Korea. Yes. The WWE still doesn't recognize, but... Well, yeah. Because uh, that would beat their own gates, and they can't have that. Exactly. Also, uh, for anybody that uh, watches uh, Vice TV, uh, Tales of the Territory started uh, this past week. I think it was Wednesday. Uh, they started with... Uh, they started to talk, their first episode was about Memphis. Okay. I didn't watch it yet. I know you're excited for it, though. That's yeah. just shit, right? Yeah. So, uh, by the way, Clement, that uh, that listing of the fourth season of Dark Side of the Ring, you know that, that what you posted was fake, right? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> well, we do now. Yeah. Well, the one episode was uh, titled The Rise and Fall of AEW. <laughs> that's what that's what, the, the one thing that's what really caught my eyes. Like that's why I was talking to my friend. It's like this doesn't even seem like interesting whatsoever. Yeah, like the whole thing yeah. just didn't even seem right. 
there was another episode uh, about Virgil's black penis. Like it was actually titled Virgil Virgil's black dog or something. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, Clint, it, it went over your head. <laughs> That's pretty funny though. I think it's hilarious. Uh, all right, let's get into our main subject. R.I.P. Antonio Inoki and Sarah Lee. Yeah. But uh, we're here to talk Elimination Chambers. We're bringing back the good old-fashioned tier list. Doug, why don't you tell the good people the five tiers? Elite, very good, mediocre, or mediocre, uh, meh, and garbage. Garbage. Yeah, uh, so there's going to be a big one. Uh, Elimination Chamber is one of my favorite matches anyway. I love the gimmick match. I think yeah. it's fucking awesome. And uh, it's one of the better ones. And I'm glad that it's stuck for as long as it has. It really has stuck. Yeah, and what was funny, all right, so what a lot of people don't know is uh, they had to do away with it for a while. Yeah. Because a lot of the buildings they were going to, and this actually holds true, like, with a lot of the uh, Raw and SmackDowns that they do. Yeah. A lot of buildings can't really hold the set. No. So, like, taking apart, like, like, they like they actually had to redo how they did the structure in, I think it was 2015, because they had to get it to fit in the building. Yeah. And a little background on this. Do we know who actually came up with the match? Because I know Bischoff did in Storyline. But I don't know who actually did. I have no clue. Uh, it debuted in Jericho. Was Jericho did this one too? Jericho was uh, money in the bank. I know that. And I don't know if he did oh, elimination. I know why he came out with it. It was like the, he came out with it to counteract that no mercy held in the cell between Brock and Undertaker. Yeah, for sure. And I think it did a damn good job. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, to put six guys in this big stainless steel structure with, like, six pods, and they got to wait in the pods, and it's, like, brutal carnage, and it's just a fucking... I mean, it hasn't aged as well in the PG era as some other matches, but there are there are iconic, and I would say masterpiece Elimination Chamber matches. There has been really good ones. It's one of the best gimmick matches in the Ruthless Aggression era. Even some of the PC era ones have, like, when they brought it back in 2015, both of those sucked. Yeah. Like, even though they tried to, to do it with... Uh, we'll get into, get into those. Yeah. Sure. But, like, I mean, they tried to evolve it, and then they had the matches where the women were involved, and, uh, you know, those were pretty good. Uh, I mean, a lot of those types of matches now, a lot of people will say, oh, they're no good because, like, you know, in the beginning, you know, you used to bleed all the time. But see, now, because WWE's PG, they can't bleed all the time. Like, and, and by the way, like, a lot of the time, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, they had a no blading policy. Yeah. And if you, if you bladed, like, you were going to get fined. Or suspended, or sometimes even fired, especially like if you went against it, like knowing you were going to get fired or knowing you were going to get in trouble. Fucking bullshit, dude. Yeah. So, but like, 
Uh, but you know, in ruthless in attitude, error, and ruthless aggression, like you, you could bleed. Yeah, and you then, could do all that stuff because yeah. you weren't PG anymore. But then going back into the PG, it's like okay, you know, we can do. Uh, you know, we can still have the match, but you know, we have to tone it down. I mean, this is uh, this match or has is really special to me. Because it always had that big fight feel. Yeah. You got six of the best guys, and they're usually going for the world title, except for a couple uh, instances that we'll get into. But uh, it's it's like a big grand thing to me, and it, it's usually right after the Royal Rumble, the month after. It was a No Way Out uh, staple, and then eventually got its own uh, pay-per-view, Elimination right. Chamber. When they started giving the gimmick matches pay-per-views, that got its own pay-per-view. And it, there's been good Elimination Chamber pay-per-views, too. So uh, it, it's just one of those matches that I don't think gets as much love as it deserves, but it's still something people really like to see. So it's not thought of in the same vein as a Royal Rumble match, right? No. But it still has a special quality about it. Yeah, it's pretty much it's like a War Games match, except for higher stakes. Yeah. For a title. Yeah. All right. You want to get into the first match? Yeah. We're going to jump around so it's not boring and us just going in order every time. Not that that's boring, but we can't have any type of structure here on this show. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll just skip around. And, uh, yeah. So, but I, the place we need to start is the first one. It was Survivor Series, November 17, 2002, in New York City, New York. It went about 40 minutes. We have Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Chris Jericho, Booker T, Kane, and Rob Van Dam in the first ever Elimination Chamber match for the Raw World Heavyweight title. Shawn Michaels comes out with the victory here. Uh, You get the confetti. You get his little one-month reign after this. One month or two months? One. And uh, it's a big moment for him. And it's the last time he ever won the world title. Yeah. So this one was pretty much it was Sean like having a big moment after he you know came back from the back surgery and all that. Uh, and by the way, Sean was the only person in this match that Triple H had no problem doing a job to. Yeah, because he wanted to bury everybody else. And he did. He yeah. did bury everybody. Yeah, and that's the thing. Because <laughs> the fucked up thing is, is that he he's been burying Kane. For years, uh, for like four or five years up to this point. Yeah. He's been and a lot more after. Was Katie Vick before or after this? Katie Vick was right before this. Okay. They had that. No, because for some reason they were trying to get rid of like all the like secondary titles. Like Bishop was always doing like unification matches and bullshit. And he got rid of the Intercontinental title. Kane was the last Intercontinental champion. Triple H beat him in a unification. Yeah. And then uh, they did, like, the whole shit after that. See, this was really the start of Triple H's reign of terror, but he let, you know, Sean, because Sean. Yeah, well, because Sean, next to Stephanie, gave Hunter the best sex he's ever had. Uh, We like Triple H now. This is what we forget. We keep forgetting. We shit at him so much during the show because we talk about old Triple H, but we love Triple H. Well, I'd have him over for Thanksgiving. And that's the thing is that, like, in this card tomorrow, 
which, by the way, another match I'm really looking forward to is uh, Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes and a Donnybrook. Okay. Uh, you get the you get the Germans versus the Irish and uh, basically in a bar fight. Now a couple of big things happened in this match, right? Yeah. One Triple H gets hurt. Yeah. Rob Van Dam hits him with a frog splash. Well, which you cannot tell me that that was not on purpose. <laughs> well, because Rob didn't like uh, those two didn't like each other at the time. No, because Rob was. Starting to get like this big push, and Triple H is just like he's not one of our guys. We got him from ECW. Let's comment. And it's hard. And that one sucks because Rob legitimately could have been a star for this. Yeah. And he was getting really big pops around this time. So, but this match for the first one, I really think they did come out of the gate swinging. Yeah. And I thought it had everything. It had that built-in feud with Sean and Triple H. You got the baby face of the match in Sean. You got the ultimate heel with Triple H. You got another good heel in Jericho. You got a showman in Booker T. You got the monster in Kane, and you got a high flyer in Van Dam. That's a good balance. It's a real good balance. For this type of match. And Van Dam got his spot off the off the chamber on the Triple H. Uh, I mean, everybody got their spots. So you can't really... There's not much negative to say about it. For the first ever one, I would put it in very good. I would too. Just because, you know, it was the first, it was the original. So, yeah. yeah you, I, you think, I, I think the first one will always be my favorite one, though. So, you want to put it? Every, I will put it in a week. All right. I mean, you had to pick the book up and then put it Unless you shit your pants right there. No, it was very good. What else is going to top that? I think there are a couple matches that do top it. (laughs) I really do. We'll get into those uh, a little bit later. I mean, the first one is a classic. So you think the first Elimination Chamber is the best one out of 20-something? I love it because it's I'll, I'll, it's a few. I say the first one, yes. If you go to, if we go on out a list, I will, I'll tell you straight because I thought we were just doing our own list, not actually going down the list or making a tier list. When I asked you yesterday, you said, "Oh, we're, we're making our own list." So I'm like, "Oh, you had your top ten. I, have my top 10 <laughs> I think he meant that because I said tier list. I think he meant that we were doing a count. I think he thought we were doing a countdown. Oh, so you made him go through the trouble of getting a ranking together, all to switch the fucking plan up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I don't. Uh, but, yeah, we are doing a tier list, so I'm just going to keep naming them off, and we'll rank them. But, uh, I just threw away my list. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. Yeah. Hey, at least you can actively participate in this one and not just twiddle your thumbs like you did the Boss Fan episode. Because everybody you know what? moments from the from the eighties and nineties. Yeah, I, I didn't have much to say either. Uh, I'm a nineties baby. Get over it, yo. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nineties baby. All right. Well, let's get into another one then. We'll we'll start off at elite with that. Let's go to a real shitty one. Uh, ECW. What? Okay, well, yeah, let's go to ECW. The ECW, ECW. You said a shitty one. I really don't think that's a shitty one, but we'll get into it. 
they're in Georgia for this one. This one goes about 25. It's the probably one of the biggest pay-per-view events of all time. <laughs> uh, no. Are you serious? I'm joking. I'm joking. Literally, no. It is probably the worst event WWE's ever put on. December to December. The ECW's own, first and only pay-per-view as a ECWE. Uh, it, it failed really bad. Like, well, Mike Knox was one of the featured bouts, right? Yeah. Him and Kelly Kelly versus Thorne and uh, Ariel. You had Davari and Tommy Dreamer on a pay-per-view. So uh, that tells you all you need to know. But I thought this match actually had potential. We had the first and only ever, right? Extreme Elimination yeah. Chamber, which there's chairs and kendo sticks and shit hanging all over the place. Uh, yeah. In the chambers, like everybody gets a weapon in their chamber. Everybody gets a weapon. Cool concept. Yeah. Uh, you have Bobby Lashley, the ch- current reigning defending champion, Big Show, CM Punk, a young CM Punk, Hardcore Holly, Rob Van Dam, and Test, one yeah. of Doug's favorites. Now, Sabu was supposed to be in the match. Yes. But uh, they did an injury angle and to put Hardcore Holly in. Yes. Because... Vince McMahon did not like Sabu whatsoever. And even though Paulie's like, look, you know, he belongs in here. This is, you know, he's an ECW original. Vince McMahon was getting to the point where it's just like, I'm the one paying for this shit. You have to fucking listen to me. Yeah. Heyman didn't like, Heyman didn't even like listening to himself. Uh, And this is one that, from what I remember, because this is like what led Heyman to leave, right? This isn't the plane, plane ride from hell, though, right? It's, it's not the plane but ride him from hell. Vince got into They it. were in a plane, and uh, legend has it, if you ask Heyman, uh, that Vince was trying to get the pilot to open up the door so he could throw Heyman off the <laughs> uh, But because uh, this is... Heyman wanted to do something different here. By the way, the pilot said no. Well, that's very nice of him. <laughs> but uh, we, this, he wanted a big moment to take place. And in the beginning of the match, I remember this specifically, he wanted CM Punk to beat the Big Show. Yeah. Right? He wanted Punk to pin Big Show and Big Show get eliminated first. Right, which I think Big Show was okay with. Big Show was fine with it. But Vince was like, no, pal, we got to have the big uh, baby face finish for Lashley at the end where Lashley takes out Big Show. That's what Vince wanted to do. Uh, now, Heyman blaming that kind of on the pay-per-view failing is a little asinine because the whole pay-per-view sucked donkey cock. Yeah. But that would have been way cooler for Punk, at least. It would have been a, yeah. a big push for him. And But Punk was getting, like, all this heat at the time. A lot of it, you know, not really deserved at the time. At least not like it is now. Uh, like, so Paul Heyman was getting help from a guy by the name of Dave Lagana. Yes. Uh, who actually works for the end of, I think he works for the NWA now. Actually, no, I think he got fired. I don't know what the fuck he's doing now. But uh, so he, he was helping Heyman, but he had come, he had gotten put over on ECW. Yeah. Because for a while, he was working, I think, either Raw or SmackDown. So he gets put over in ECW, and the thing is, he was kind of like Heyman to where, like, he would fight for stuff. 
Okay. But he was more of the Lagana. Lagana was more, hey, I think we should do this. No, this is what I want, pal. Well, I think this will work. No, pal, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was more like, he only had one, no, I, this is what I really want to do in him. Yeah. Where Heyman will stay that until he's blue in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lagana was just, uh, pitch the idea, give it one more. Well, I think, and then if that didn't work, he's like, oh, "Okay, we'll do what we'll do what you say." Yeah. Uh, pull out your cock, let me suck it. Uh, but so like, he, so it was one of those things where like Heyman really wanted that for Punk, and Lagana really, but then Lagana folded. So Heyman's just like, "Son of a bitch." Uh, and he was just like unhappy, and then that made Big Show unhappy. Cause, yeah, because Big Show left like once he had heard that Heyman left, he was just like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here too." Big Show was getting pretty bad in the weight around this time too. Well, and that's one of the things too is that they wanted, uh, like, he wanted to take time off to shed some lbs. Yeah. Uh, so he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to leave too. Uh, I mean, he didn't have to, they didn't, nobody had to threaten it. Well, first of all, you threatened to throw him off the fucking plane. That's like a fucking bomb hitting the country. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. That's a good one. Thank you. But for the match as a whole, I think you had credible enough people in there. Uh, I, well, yeah. And punk. Punk was a nice uh, addition to the match because he was like the young, he was the future. Yeah. It was nice having him in there. Big Show and Lashley obviously were a good dynamic. Rob Van Dam just, at the time, no one spoke more ECW than him. Right. Even though like you, I can think of people that are way more ECW in my heart than Van Dam. But at the time, it felt like he was the purest version. He, he was the purest version that Vince wanted to push. Yeah, because Tommy Dreamer's not fucking winning this. Man, he's he's fighting Davari. Yeah. So and then Sandman, because like Sandman and Tommy Dreamer, who I think are more ECW than RVD, but they're never main event guys in Vince's yeah. eyes. They just start right. And RVD had been kind of molded into like that ECW or the, the WWE mentality. Yeah. But his heart always belonged to ECW. And, like, he would have had, like, this big-ass run. He more than likely still would have been the champion at this time had not he been a dumb shit and fucking went, uh, you know, helped Sabu go into his stash and then get pulled over. Yeah. He could have had the title for a while. But, uh... But he didn't. This match... Hardcore Holly and Tess were a little weird because they didn't feel ECW at all. And Bobby Lashley, obviously, he was just, you know, he was. He, he was, was a young upstart. To try to liven it up a little bit because Vince knew the brand was dying. But he wasn't really ECW. He no. was just another baby face. So this was like the unraveling was already happening. Lashley did get the big moment at the end. I've seen the match a couple times and I've gotten some. I, I enjoy it. I don't think it's the worst one. I really don't. I would just put it in man. Clint, what's your take, though? Because you said this was bottom of the barrel almost. It, 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 I mean, for the whole pay-per-view, 
uh, I had high hopes. I was like excited saying, well, finally ECW is finally going to have their own pay-per-view next to Raw SmackDown well. And the, and the, the pay-per-view itself sucked. And you will figure that if you're going to have a main event, a stream elimination chamber, I will make, put focus, even though, yes, Big Shell is to get it. Is the world champion at the time? I will put nothing but ECW originals. Make it extreme. Put it's Paul Haven. It's a Paul Haven thing. Make it extreme. You have RVD, but I, I wouldn't put last week there. I will put Tommy Dreamer, Lisa Sabu. You had the Sandman, and and, and you, what Rhino was still there too. Uh, uh, Rhino DNA. All right. Well, well he, here, going by what he said, RVD, Sabu, Tommy Dreamer, uh, Sandman, Balls Mahoney is there. He's an ECW original, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, then, and then to be a, a, another guy that was an ECW original, although I don't see him main eventing a pay-per-view, Stevie Richards. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'll <laughs> put Balls over Stevie Richards every week. Yeah, I'm going balls. Well, no, you but, need six hey, people Yeah, you got six people. You, you got the big show, and then oh, I will. Okay. I will. I will. The big show. All right. Well, you I thought you were only talking about the five. Because I do like the big show. Well, the beginning to, of the ECW. For the title, so. Yeah, the beginning of this thing and Big Show being the champion was not bad. That first like ten episodes wasn't bad. The zombie shit and some of the shit that they would do was a bit stupid, but the Big Show title stuff really wasn't bad. Yeah. I thought oh, was by the way, before we talk shit about the zombie, R.I.P. Because that uh, guy actually did pass away. When did he pass away? A couple of years ago. Oh, you think? Okay. R.I.P. But that gimmick was fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. Nonetheless. <laughs> we're like, oh, we're on sci-fi. Let's give him a zombie. That was so fucking stupid. Uh, but. The, yeah. I thought this man. I mean, we can put it meh, but I, I don't think it was that. I I'll think that they. It, what's up? I'll put it meh. I mean, I'll put it in the bottom barrel. It was, it was not as good as it was. And then the weapons they chose. You know, had one table. You had a what? A bar? A, a, a steel chair. Then a you crowbar. had a, a, a crowbar. Not real weapons you will expect. I'm like, put put a ladder, put something. You, need, you got RVD, famous ladder. Lock them in there with a ladder. I hate it and when they, they use a cell bar too because that can like that can actually kill you. And it's like not at this point, it's like like we know it's phony. He's hitting him with a crowbar. If I hit you as hard as I can in the head with a crowbar, Doug, there's no more duck. Now you're fucking done. So, or at least heavily, heavily brain damaged. So, Even more than I am now. <laughs> but I didn't get an answer. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to know the answer. Uh, Bobby Lashley. So it, it does come across as meh. And I'll yeah. put it in meh. I don't think it goes in ass. Uh, I think it goes yeah, in no. I'll give you meh. I'll, I'll spare you and I'll put it in meh. <laughs> Thank you. I, I do I do agree, though, that the weapons weren't utilized the way they should have been. Uh, it could have had more carnage, especially for ECW. Like, we might not have thought this pay-per-view was as bad if they really knocked this match out of the park, but they didn't. 
and kind of floundered it. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. All right. Let's jump ahead a little bit. And let's jump to a modern, well, a little more modern than the last one. We're going to go to February 17th, 2019, Elimination Chamber in Houston, Texas. This match goes about 36 minutes and 40 seconds. It is a SmackDown-branded match for the WWE Championship with uh, champion Daniel Bryan when he was doing the whole uh, Herb Life shit. Fucking oh, organic the, champion. The planet, planet bullshit. That shit was actually pretty cool, though. Yeah. And the fake, and the wooden belt and shit. Uh, it's him against AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, and Samoa. Now, this match was actually pretty fucking good from what I remember. It was good. I mean, Jeff Hardy wasn't in there. Uh, it wasn't in there long. No. Neither was Joe, because Joe was having... Joe got out first. Yeah, Joe got out first because he was having a shit ton of problems with his knees. Yeah. But the one thing I do remember of this match, and I know because Kofi was on a run at this point. Yeah. And he, he I looked think this really starting to run for Kofi Kingston. This the, was supposed that, to be like Mustafa yeah. Ali's big push until he got like kicked out. And Kofi yeah, took his spot. Mustafa did get fucked over, but... You snooze, you lose. And Kofi, who's been a career-long mid-card guy, yeah. found the ball, picked it the fuck up, and started hauling ass. Yes. So you Which, can't get mad at him for that. By the way, Mustafa Ali ended up getting hurt because Randy Orton dropped him. Randy Orton pretty much lacerated his ass, yeah. dropping him on the announce table with that uh, back suplex deal that he does across the top of the announce table. It, it, it's good when he does it right, but sometimes Randy's just like fuck it and just throws the well, <laughs> just throws the guy. I do like it when he throws him, but it is very reckless. I agree. Yeah, like he's just like there's just some nights where there's just like uh, they're like yeah, you know, you're gonna throw the guy, and then like if something happens, he, if he just gets lazy, he's like eh, fuck it, poof. Uh, <laughs> And he'll just fucking throw him. Other times, like, he'll actually, like, do it properly. But, like, the one time when he did it to the Singh brothers and almost killed one of them. That was great. I love That was my favorite time. It's yeah, yeah because he just had that look on his face, like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Like when the one landed on his neck and he had that face. Like, <laughs> that was so good. But uh, this was because Kofi had that, that gauntlet match on SmackDown. That was Kofi's coming out party. Yeah. People loved him. But they continued it here. And I thought the way they did it, he looked really good during this. And I'm glad he lost because it set up the WrestleMania moment. Daniel Bryan was the one to win this match. So uh, I, I'm fine with the way it went down. I thought, you can say it's a bit formulaic. My boy AJ looked pretty good. Randy looked pretty good. And by the way, that set up Randy and AJ for WrestleMania too. Yeah, so you had a couple different things going on in this thing. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I really – I thought this was one of the better modern-day matches. And it, Daniel Bryan – I agree with that. Daniel Bryan stopping on Kofi's head on yeah. the fucking steel. There was just something – like, that stop that he does to people. That, like, it looks really, like – they say it's, like, like all contrived and shit, but that, that shit looks like it hurts, especially when he's stomping on him on steel like that. So – yeah, I thought this was one of the better modern day ones. Yeah, I mean, I would put, I would honestly put it in very good. Yeah. All right, 
Yep. Yeah, we can go very good. Yeah, because the heel walked in with the championship and the heel walked out. So there wasn't really a big moment to be had, but I don't know. I thought it was good. By the way, pop quiz, Doug, who has the most Elimination Chamber victories in all of human history? Uh... Either Hunter or Cena. It's Hunter. It's Hunter. Triple H has four. Cena's got three. Who's got the most appearances? It was either. It has to be either Taker or or Hunter. Huh? I believe it is tied with Chris Jericho and Randy Orton at eight. Oh, that's right. Do we know who have the most eliminations? Jericho, right? Chris Jericho at 10. Triple H uh, is second at 7. But yeah, little statistics for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's your primetime play. So I guess this kind of is Triple H's match, right? Yeah. Even though, I mean, you could say the same thing for a couple other ones. Maybe Hell in a Cell. Eh, not really. Kind of, though. He has had good Hell in a Cell matches. All right. When I take a last man standing, I think I Hunter more. That's fair. That's really fair. All right. Let's go all the way back to 2005. We have a vacant world heavyweight title. And uh, one of these men need to win that, some bitch. Shawn Michaels is our special guest referee. It's New Year's resolution. This is the first year they did it in New Year's resolution. They would do it again the following. Uh, By the way, this was the first WWE pay-per-view held in San Juan, Puerto Rico. We're in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and uh, it's the first one? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I don't even – I think it has been years since they had even done uh, a paper – like even an event in San Juan. Okay. Because Puerto Rico for the longest time was considered like devil's territory. Why? Because fucking Bruiser Brody got killed. Oh, because of the colognes? Yeah. So, like, you know, they were afraid to go. Even though, actually, like, the old IWA, Puerto Rico, was actually going to be WWE's developmental territory. And then uh, Victor Quinones, who owned the company at the time, who ran the territory, uh, he wanted more money than Vince was willing to pay him. Really? And Vince, when Vince was like, I'm not going to pay you that money, Vince is just like, okay, we're not going to use you guys right now, use uh, you guys as a territory, because anybody I send there for development, you're going to fucking kill like you did Brody. So our business relationship is done. That's nuts. All right. So this match... I thought it was really good. You got Triple H in it. You got a babyface Randy. Randy Randy Orton. Uh, You got Batista, who's still... This is in the middle of that evolution breaking up thing. Yeah. And Batista turning baby. Not quite there yet, but it's important to have He was getting reactions. He was getting reactions. People were starting to like him more than the rest. Chris Jericho, who I believe was heel still? No, he was baby. Uh, Edge. Heel. And uh, Chris Benoit, who obviously was still a babyface, coming after off of that title run. Yeah. 
And uh, so th- this one did still feel special. And you did have some good guys. Oh, well, because it was it was vacant. There was a vacant title. All right, so set the stage a little bit. Eric Bischoff, after Survivor Series 04, decides he needs a much needed vacation. Okay, so they do that Survivor Series 04 match where the winning team each gets a turn to run raw. So on Randy Orton's turn to run raw, he has a battle royal. Uh, that is going to be Triple H versus the entire Raw roster, and it's for the world title. Well, Vince McMahon comes out at the beginning of the – before the Battle Royal starts and says, half of you guys in there are schmucks that I do not want as my world champion. <laughs> so it's going to be the winner of the Battle Royal gets to face Triple H later in the night. Uh Edge and Benoit eliminate each other, so they get the triple threat match for the title. Uh, then there's a uh, a double pin. Well, Edge is tapping out as he's pinning Benoit, so they declare the title vacant. Eric er, and Vince McMahon has the title in his hands, but he tells Triple H, he goes, "I'm not deciding who the champion is. We're going to leave that to Eric Bischoff." Because Vince McMahon, at that time, you know, on TV, the storyline was he loved fucking with Eric Bischoff. Yeah. Because, you know, he basically, I mean, he already, you know, killed Bischoff's company. So, you know, you might as well just keep fucking with him because, you know, he's working for you now. So you can get away with it. Uh, So Bischoff says, fuck it, we're going to do an elimination chamber. The three guys that were involved in that controversial triple threat match, plus Randy Orton, Batista, and Jericho. And it was funny, when Bischoff made the announcement that those guys were going to be in, once he mentioned Jericho's name, you could hear Jerry Lawler go, why is he in this? Yeah. Because it's just like everybody else kind of had a case to be in there, but... Jericho's like, I'm here. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Lawler's just like, why Jericho? He got pinned earlier. (laughs) But it was nice to... It was still nice to have Jericho as an addition in there. Yeah. And Edge is on his way of turning into a full-on piece of shit. Well, she's already there, but, like, he doesn't have the briefcase yet. He doesn't have the Lita, yeah. have Lita yet. So, uh, it's still early in his heel. But run. he still feels that, like, he is, like, owed this opportunity. Yeah, and he gets eliminated first. Right, because he went to Shawn, uh, like, Shawn Michaels went to him. Because Shawn Michaels was, Bischoff named Shawn Michaels as the referee, because nobody in the in the match is really a good friend of Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So he's just like, nobody's going to be happy about it, so therefore it's okay. So uh, Edge and Shawn Michaels have a conversation, because Edge is the one that, quote-unquote, put Shawn Michaels out yeah. for like six weeks. He go, uh, Shawn looks to Edge and says, just do your thing, try to win the match, because Edge is all paranoid and shit. He's like, you're going to screw me over. You're going to screw me over. And Sean's like, if you leave me the fuck alone, no, I won't. Yeah. Just leave me alone. Because that's what sets up the Royal Rumble match, right? Yeah. It's just like, but when somebody, like when you're paranoid, but then the person tells you, it's like, well, you don't have to be paranoid if you just leave me the fuck alone. And then Sean ends up kicking him, right? Yeah, because Edge would not leave him the fuck alone. So you hit him with the sweet chin? Yeah. And then Jericho... Jumped on him. Yeah, Jericho pinned him. It's, but it's just like, it's your own fucking fault. <laughs> like, it, when well, a guy says, I will not screw you over if you leave me alone, that does not mean 
hey, let's see if he's actually going to screw me over, even though I don't want to leave him alone. Yeah. And this was kind of ben, or Batista's coming out party, too. Yeah. Taking out both Benoit and Jericho back to back. He got pinned by Rande. Yeah. But... And then afterwards, he helped Triple H win the match. Yeah. I think that the, the fact that, like, and I like that a heel champion can walk in and then walk out. But I think that also does take away from the match sometimes. It because does. you're expecting a big moment, and it doesn't happen. A lot of times, yeah. But it's also, if the match was good enough, who gives a fuck? Right. And this match was actually good enough, so who gave a fuck? Yeah. I don't think this is like an upper echelon one, but I, I don't think it's bad either. I mean, I, I would say very good again. We don't have a good category. Yes. Either. No. That's good. Well, let's put, let's put it this way. I said the match was set up with, with Batista in there. It was like Batista was Triple H's muscle. He was supposed to clear things out and make things a bit easier for a showdown between Randy and Randy and him at the, towards the end of the match. That's what it really was. Yeah. Because you already said, are you going to sit there and go listen to Triple H, or are you going to go follow your own greetings? Right. And and that was kind of the whole dynamic of the match. I, I would say we just added a new tier, good. Yeah. Because I think that's important. Because mediocre and very good, there's a lot in between there. So I'd say we should put this in good. Okay. I agree. I think it was a good match. I don't think it was very good, but I, th- I do think it was a good match. Yeah. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. We were bound to get to this one at some point, but we're going to have to talk about uh, the 2015 Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. As sad as it is, uh, Corpus Christi, Texas we're in. This one goes about 25 minutes and 12 seconds. And it's the first and only ever Elimination Chamber for the Intercontinental fucking title. They didn't even yeah, make it. I just it watched that big. last night. <laughs> did you Did you watch it? Yes. I'm actually, I've been, been, been watching Raw for the first episode for Raw all the way up to now. <laughs> and I just watched that last night. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but, yeah. This was fucking crazy. Uh, and uh, because it sucked. <laughs> yes. You have Ryback. That whole elimination chamber sucked. <laughs> yeah. The pay-per-view was bad in its own right, uh, but you don't well, have... The match between Cena and Owens was pretty good. Yeah, but this is an elimination chamber pay-per-view. A singles match shouldn't okay. be the best match on the card. And the main event needs okay, to be... And you... Go ahead. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, tell you the truth, Cena and Owens saved that pay-per-view. Let's put it that way. It saved the pay-per-view. It didn't help it. It saved it. It was so pissed. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the tag team one later, but we 
we have an elimination chamber. Like I said earlier, one of the reasons it's so special is because of the stakes. Right. Not that the Intercontinental Championship isn't a high-profile title, but you can't have it be for the fucking mid-card belt. It just doesn't make sense. Right, because uh, especially well, I think the reason they put it for the belt is because um, Daniel Bryan was forced to relinquish it. The Elimination Chamber was, was like a, a network only. It wasn't available for pay-per-view. It was only on the yeah, WWE Network. Yeah, and by the way, like, Quinnis, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it actually started out they were just going to do it as a house show. I'm not sh- No, I'm not sure about the house show. I know they well, announced because, it. Because like, they announced it. A week before. It wasn't on the pay-per-view calendar until, like, right after uh, payback. What, payback, A week right? before payback. They announced that he was going to do an elimination chamber between Money in the Bank and then Payback two weeks before, because I think that's when you said yes, that's when they debuted it. I think they, I was finding the reason why they debuted Fastlane and got rid of the elimination chamber in February. That's where it was supposed to lie on in February. It wasn't really supposed to do it at all. Yeah, but then, like, this was kind of just like, okay, it's a special event. Because also, too, you know, what I brought up earlier was they weren't going to do Elimination Chamber anymore because, uh, because they of that couldn't reason. find yeah. arenas to uh, house the set. The chamber was too big. That's nuts. But let me tell you the talent we have in this match. Sheamus, Dolph Ziggler, Mark Henry... Our truth King Barrett, and Ryback. Didn't something happen with Henry? Uh, it was supposed to be Rusev, but uh, Dolph Ziggler, or not Dolph Ziggler, Ryback actually did us the fortune of uh, breaking Rusev's ankle like three days before. But I thought something happened with Henry in the chamber, though. It's been a while since I've seen it. I think he actually, he like got poked in the eye or something. Yeah, it was something like that. his door didn't open or some shit like that. It yeah, was door, no, they crashed. No, the, um, what happened was they broke the pot, um, pod door and the glass broke. Someone threw someone in there, and the pod broke. Oh, and he was still in there, was, right? He was yeah, still in there, the but someone someone got thrown right through his pod, meaning he was already he was allowed to come out. Can't oh, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. You can't just keep hanging out there. You might as well come out at that point. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. But not that these guys are bad, but this just doesn't – like, there's no spectacle to this at all. Ryback's your winner. He wins the Intercontinental title. Which is just like they were trying to have, like, this, this feel-good story with him. Yeah. I think the bloom was starting to come off the rose with him, though, by by this point. Well, the bloom had already kind of come off anyway because Punk killed his career. Yeah. You know, three years earlier. And then they turned him heel. But then he's just like, you know, people really got behind that whole Phoebe Moore thing. They did. He was super over as a babyface at first. Yeah. But then they put him in the ring too early with, uh, with Punk. Because Cena, you know, hurt his elbow and he couldn't get medical clearance. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, he had like, like he had six weeks to get ready for the match, but like doctors wouldn't clear his el- wouldn't clear him, and uh, you know they needed a main event for the pay per view. They needed a, hell, a main event Hell in a Cell match, so they're like, all right, fuck, you know, Ryback's getting the reaction, you know, so we'll just, we'll put him in there. Yeah. Well, Punk made it clear, he's like, I'm not dropping the title of this fucking guy. Yeah, that was a weird one. They shouldn't have done that. But here, I, I this match sucked. It goes in ass. Oh, yeah. It's trash. Gage. Yeah. All right. Okay. I will take back what you said about the whole ECW. That that, that second, that'll be number two compared to that one. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm glad we're resolving our differences. <laughs> uh, one that's just under the WWE banner, and I think this one kind of gets lost in history. Uh, 2013 Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Uh, well, no, this is SmackDown, right? Or is this... Yeah. No, no, no. This is just WWE. Uh, it's for the World Heavyweight Championship, though. And it's Jack Swagger, Chris Jericho, Daniel Bryan, Kane... Let me finish it. Uh, Kane, Mark Henry, and Randy Orton. It's for the number one contendership for the WrestleMania title shot. Against Del Rio. Yeah. Now this this was weird too because it's for a number one contender, uh, contendership. They don't do that very often. They did. Well, they did. They, they, they did. Uh, well, during that time, it was either for title or number one contender at WrestleMania, depending how the story was playing out. Or the World Rumble winners. Now, when else did they do that? For number one, they did it in Saudi Arabia for Becky's title. Not not only that, they did that it was not only in like a couple of times at No Way Out. No Way oh, Out yeah. was a few of them. Yeah, they did do it at No Way Out with uh, the one with Triple H. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, this was a weird one. I, I think a lot of people forget about this one, but it, it was a good match. And Jack Swagger, uh, I don't think anyone thought he was going to come out as the winner, but you had Jack Swagger, Chris Jericho, Daniel Bryan, Kane, Mark Henry, and Randy Orton. Uh, the match went 31 minutes. It's in New Orleans, Louisiana. And, uh, yeah, you, winner gets a championship match at 29. By the way, it, Ray Mysterio was supposed to be in it. Why didn't he make it? Because he got injured for the 98th time. Who, who hurt him? I, I, he got injured in a match with, uh, like, he hurt himself in a match with Daniel Bryan. So then they just had Mark Henry come out and just beat the shit out of him. And Mark Henry's the one that ended up taking his place. I mean, Ray's been injured so many times. You know, you kind of hope that Dominic inherits that gene because he's so fucking awful. Dominic is becoming a man with, with his young girl, okay? He's a man. Oh, now. my God. He's a man alone. First of all, <laughs> how the hell can you even call that thing a girl? Oh, Jesus. I a never. girl? What's mean how do I call Because you just really? said uh, uh, he's becoming a man with his young girl. Yeah. Rhea, like, you cannot call Rhea Ripley a girl. She is a girl. Oy. 
not young. Not young. No, she's well, she's twenty six. But like, yeah, she's right? still young. Yeah, yeah. That's young love right there, man. <laughs> well, especially when the guy's getting pegged. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you that, like, this whole judgment, this whole storyline, though, is really making me hate Rey Mysterio. Why? Because the whole why? thing, oh, I can't hit that. Uh, it's his son. That's fucking, it, it, the kid's a little piece of shit. You can smack the fucking shit out of him if you have to. It's like he's turned on every. He's turned on everybody. I'm kind of, to be honest with you, like he fucked over AJ Styles oh. on Monday night, and then AJ had enough and finally just pushed him on his ass. Yeah. And then he stormed out, and then Judgment Day came out and beat the shit out of uh, out of AJ, and Ray just walked away because he's disgusted. And it's just like AJ, you shouldn't have just pushed him on his ass. You should have hit him with the Styles guys and accidentally drop him on his fucking head. That's funny. Uh, uh, I mean, I know it's going to uh, upset certain people that I'm actually hoping that Rey Mysterio ends up with a broken neck, but she interrupted our show earlier. So, uh, I uh, I mean, I love Rey Mysterio, obviously. But uh, Dominic, his haircut's cool now. He's just... But I kind of... Do you like the haircut? I do like the haircut, and I love the fact that he is, like, portraying the shitty human being now. Well, I like it because it's, like, it's real. It's sort of real, like, right? Like You can actually tell that this kid really is a douchebag. Well, and it's, like, it's a classic case of you got this young, clean-cut kid who's going to work every day with his dad, and he's happy, but then he gets a piece of ass. And that ass is a little rebellious, and she's more of a, you know, do your own thing. Fuck your dad. So now he's changed, and he's become a little douchebag and he's going against his dad that that happens in real life so i think it's kind of a cool storyline that they're tapping into they're taking a while to tap into it but i do i I, I don't think anybody would i i you know what penises cut themselves off when they see rhea ripley naked that's fine but the enter it's entertaining and she knows that she's not your typical and she's playing into it very well i think rhea ripley's a good deal no i i'm actually enjoying like the judgment day as a like whole. Yeah. I, I do kind of enjoy what they're doing. I do think that they're making Ray look like too much of a bitch. A little bit. So well, he's either like, I think WWE's done enough to him anyway. Like, though. like they got to either just like, he's either got to man up or he's just got to go home and uh, just have uh, Angie rub Vaseline on him for the rest of his life. Uh, you rub Vaseline on me after this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, that tells you how shitty that this 2013 match was that we started talking about the current product. But, uh, yeah, I like Jack it, it was a, It was a good coming out party for Jack Swagger. But it didn't mean was, shit because he got busted with pot, too. Yeah, in the worst place he could get busted with pot, Canada. I think weed's big in Canada, but uh, he did get caught. Well, he's not a lot over the border anymore. Yeah, because he got busted in a different country, and uh, he lost his world title, man. I mean, this this was supposed to be his moment. He had his heel character. Was he with Dutch yet? Yeah. He's with Dutch. We the fucking people. He's killing it. He wins. 
this match against some really established people, and he should win the world title from Del Rio. But it doesn't happen at WrestleMania, remember? No. Uh, so, considering, like, it might, it is a bit of a coming out party, but it doesn't mean shit. So I think that's kind of why people don't care about it as much. So I'm just going to say mediocre. I'm going to agree with you just because of, like, how it, you know, it ended up being. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go mediocre. What do you think, Clintus? Uh, see, I liked it because, I, in a way, I wanted Jack Spider to win that match. Me too. I was I falling you. in love with the whole, I, I, I was falling in love with the whole heel Jack Swagger with, uh, with Zach Kepler and We the People movement. So, so I think, and then Howdy was attacking Dario. I said, I knew he had to win that match in Mania. I'll put it good, but I can understand why you know, people don't like it. Yeah, it's not my, and I'll go back and watch it too. I, I don't mind the match. I just don't think it, it holds up compared to some other ones. No. But, uh, yeah. Oh, that All right. there. Absolutely. All right, let's go to 2010, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Uh, it's SmackDown. We're going to do the SmackDown one, all right, Doug? Yeah. We have our champion, The Undertaker, defending against CM Punk, a heel punk, my boy John Morrison, Rey Mysterio, R-Truth, and uh, Jericho. So the one thing I do remember about, well, I remember a lot of things about this match, but one of the more memorable things is the fact that Undertaker actually caught fire before he went out to the ring. With his pyro, right? Yeah, his pyro got him. And his pyro actually burnt his chest. That's why, like, it looked like, you know, everybody's just like, oh, Undertaker, he's all anxious. You know, he took his jacket off right away. He's all anxious getting in the ring. Like, he's ready to go. It's like... No, it's not necessarily he's ready to go. It's just somebody almost caught him on fucking fire. And that's why you got to keep getting the people start handling water bottles and pour all over his chest or whatnot, too. The cool stuff now. Uh, this one was good for a couple reasons. And uh, this, is this the first PG chamber? Uh, no, the second, I think. Okay. This had a lot of things going for it. I think John Morrison looked really fucking good in this match. And as a John fan at the time, I remember watching it. You bought it yeah. back in the day. Uh, fucking 12 years ago now. Holy shit. But we watched this match, and it was good. I remember I, I remember buying it because I remember, like, uh, Bob and I actually ordered it a week beforehand. Because uh, that was back, you know, I was living with him. And we had decided, you know, because we were able to start ordering the stuff now, and I, I had been blessed with the uh, uh, with paying the cable bill. So he's just like, yeah, a we'll order. So we ordered like a week ahead of time, not knowing that we were going to be at a birthday dinner <laughs> like beforehand. But luckily, like uh, we were going to watch the replay anyway. Yeah, and then. You might have stayed over at the house. I don't remember. I just remember watching the match. Yeah. And I thought Morrison was going to win, and Kenny called me an idiot. Uh, Lehman or the other guy? Lehman. He was there? I think so. 
from what I remember. Oh, there's so many. There's so many people that have been over at the house for years. I can't remember who's up. Uh, but yeah, no. It, Morrison looked really good because I remember Morrison eliminated Rey Mysterio, and it's just like, holy shit. I was like, dude, he's got a shot. When it was just Undertaker, Chris Jericho, and John Morrison, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. He could fucking make a run here. And then, you know. You know Jer- or, no, Undertaker made sure that that didn't happen. Didn't he tombstone him on the steel? Yeah. That was fucking cool. Uh, and then no, a twist happens. Because I, I don't know if you thought it was going to happen. I certainly didn't. I know how bad Shawn Michaels wanted the Undertaker match. But I didn't think he was going to fucking... I interfere. knew that was going to happen. I knew Michaels was going to find a way in that chamber to cost Taker to... I know Undertaker wasn't going to win that match. On paper, that's an easy match for Taker to win. But I knew he was going to lose that title that night. Okay, so you know how, like, you can... Because I could kind of tell, like, halfway through that it was gonna, that Undertaker wasn't going to win. Huh. Because Punk eliminates R-Truth. And then right after, Rey Mysterio eliminates Punk. Then Morrison eliminates Mysterio. Then Undertaker eliminates Morrison. So it had to be, Undertaker had to be the next one eliminated. You saw a pattern. I saw a pattern. That happens every once in a while in the wrestling business is that there happens to be a pattern. And it's not usually just a pattern in most guys' underwear. Yeah. Oh, oh, my I know that a lot, too. Who's underwear okay. looking at? Uh... Depends on the package. This this match was pretty entertaining. It was cool to see our truth of Morrison in there. Uh, yeah, well, this is the second year in a row that they booked, or no, this is the first time that they both got in. Yeah, and then they were in, both in like the next year because yes. they both did the uh, the raw one. Okay, yeah, and Morrison. You know, did really well in that. Our truth did his usual five seconds. Our <laughs> truth, <laughs> fucking love our truth though. That's so why he's such an idiot. But I love him. The sad part yeah. is, is that like he was so over that like they decided to put him in for comedy relief, but he really wasn't like he, they never never thought of him as a main event guy. They just thought of him as comedy. Well, yeah. Like when they had him do the whole thing with Brock, and he was cutting the promo, thinking that Heyman was going to be in the rumble. I think that has to be the funniest yeah. thing. I think then, that's the only time you'll see Brock Lesnar break character, too. Yeah, because he was dying. Yeah, he was cracking the phone. Like, he was actually dying. He did, like, he actually did not want to beat up Truth after. Because he was, because they were, had the segment planned, like, Truth's going to come out, he's going to cut a promo, and then you're going to beat the shit out of him. And he's just like, okay, cool, that's my thing. <laughs> But then he's dying in the middle of the ring, like he's laughing his ass off. And then when they're like, "Oh yeah, you got to beat him up," he's like, "Do I really have to?" <laughs> I fucking love Truth. My favorite shit will always be when he's talking about Cena as his childhood hero. Yeah, even though he's older than him. Yeah, he's like five years older than yeah. Yeah. No, Truth is. Pure I don't know. Like the, I, I kind of like the fabulous Truth too, man. The fabulous Truth. That was uh, him and Breeze, right? No, that was no Fabulous Truth. That was um, Carmelo Truth. Oh yeah, he started the mismatch challenge. The Golden Truth was fucking stupid. Yeah, him and Goldust. 
Uh, yeah, the fabulous trip. Well, him, and, him and Carmella were pretty entertaining together for a while. That whole thing lasted a year. Yeah, and I remember when they they did because they won something. The mixed match. Yeah, they won the Yeah, they won the um the right to be number thirty in both uh, World Rumbles, and then a trip anywhere across the world. And he wanted to book the trip to the to the um, headquarters. Yeah, and he didn't tell her until after the match. <laughs> yeah, and a funny part of that is. They go in a closet and they find Corey Graves sleeping there, and it was just kind of foreshadowing between him and Carmella. And it's like that's what his wife's going to make him do a couple months later anyway, because he fucks Carmella. Yeah, uh, yeah, because they had just started. Like, I don't think the the affair had started yet. Yeah, he's a lucky some bitch, uh, but yeah. This match, did we did we rank this match yet? Not yet. I mean, I'm actually going to say, I, I thought it was fun. I, I'll say good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I liked it for the ending. Just having Michael pop out of the cage. And, and, and super kick shot. And it's, it's, it had, the shock face of Jericho played it off there. Because I think Jericho never saw it coming. Yeah, because like Jericho, Jericho no one's been more of a scumbag to Shaw than Jericho. <laughs> Jericho's like, you're helping me? <laughs> I mean, but it made sense in the long run because J- Edge won the Royal Rumble. He had a beef with Jericho. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. That's long-term storytelling. And it was, and I like the whole uh Sean being obsessed with I have to face you. I have to do that. And just him like that rumble match when he was when he got eliminated when he got so close and he's freaking the fuck out. Like I needed this. Yeah. And uh and like when he kicked Taker in the face and he's standing over him with that cold look. Like this was really good. Yeah. He ended his career on a really fucking high note. So I like I like that final run of his being obsessed with the fact that he had to fight the Undertaker again. Yeah, and then next night on Raw, that was like before TNA started their short uh, Monday uh, Monday Night uh, Opposition, right? Yeah, the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, But see, that was the worst TNA could have done because what they did was. They showed it live on Monday nights, but then they replayed the show again on Thursday. So what was the point of going live Monday night? Because nobody wasn't going to watch that barrel. I wasn't going to watch it the Hold on, though. Because WCW Monday nights were back in the early like years. So okay, they but... had a, a, a 12 p.m. Uh, noon syndication run. Uh, we would get it on the WB channel on, on Saturdays in like 95, 96, uh, that like they would use it to air, uh, a one hour condensed version of Nitro. Now it was supposed to be used for worldwide, but they would air like worldwide, like a couple hours earlier. And, but, and then they would do that. They would do this. So they would air Nitro on Monday nights, but then they would air like a one-hour condensed, you know, showing like the major matches from the show, 
like on a Saturday, either Saturday or Sunday, is Sunday in syndication. Like how Raw AM used to be. You ever watch yeah. Raw AM? Yeah. But that shit used to be on at like two in the morning. Yeah, I used to stay up and watch it too. I forgot about Raw AM. Well, I never could because of school. No, no, uh, it was on a Saturday. It was Saturday night at like two in the morning. Sunday school. When the hell did you go to Sunday? I did. I did go when I was younger. Not, not around this time, but I did go when I was very younger. Uh, that explains the perfect little angel that you are today. Yeah, that explains it. Uh, all right, are we ready for a new one? Yeah. Elimination Chamber, 2012, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You got Daniel Bryan, who walked in the champion, I believe. Yeah. Against Big Show, Cody Rhodes, Wade Barrett, the great Kali, and future Hall of Famer Santino Morella. Oh, my God. Do you know how how rattled with injuries this thing was? How much? Well, because here was... Here was the deal, right? Mark Henry and Randy Orton were supposed to both be in it. Yes. Mark Henry had a uh, had a foot injury, so he couldn't really do it. Right. Randy Orton had come back from having uh, shoulder problems, and he was coming back. Well, he ended up with a concussion because Daniel Bryan hit him too hard in the back of the head with a damn belt. Really? Yeah. So, Great Kali and Santino Morella were the only two, you know, guys kind of left over that it's just like, okay, it would actually make sense. I don't know how, but it would make sense because they needed two baby faces. Right. So, they're like, all right, we'll put Kali and Santino in. They're the two, they're the next two over guys. Hey? <laughs> over? I mean, they were over. They're more of a comedic base. This was Kali's babyface run, right? Yeah. Where he was like the Pujambi lover or whatever the fuck. Uh, Playboy. Pujambi Playboy. Yeah, th- this was a weird one. And this was right after Morella, the Rumble thing, right? Where he almost won or was it the year? That was the year before. Okay. But he, like, Santino, like... Who's, who do you think is the better comedic wrestler, R-Truth or Santino Morello? I think Truth is a better worker. Who did you get more laughs out of? Uh, I, found, I find Truth more funny, I, uh, like funny, like ha-ha. Santino is more, oh my God, shut the fuck up, pal. Uh, like he's, a, he's funny until he starts to get annoying. Yeah. The Cobra shit was magic, though. The Cobra shit was actually pretty cool. Like, that Royal Rumble 2012, when it was Sacco versus Cobra. I forgot about that. But the when he almost beat Del Rio, that shit was fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, you remember, the, the, yeah what, you remember what was going on in our house? Yeah, because Mark picked him, so he started freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Our, yeah, our buddy Mark, he picked him, and he, Mark's flipping the fuck out. Wait. Everybody was, though. The arena was. Yeah, because he's just like, no, quit the fucking trumpet thing, you idiot. <laughs> Throw him out the fucking ring. I'm about to be right. I love the trumpet shit. Yeah. The, the celebration. 
Yeah, Santino probably didn't have any business being in here, but he almost won this. Yeah, he was the last person in. This and this was kind of Daniel Bryan's weird heel run too, not the good one. Yeah, this was more like uh, and like he started like the yes movement. Yeah. Uh, and then like he had AJ Wee, AJ Wee, AJ Wee. I'm going to hell. All right. Uh, he had her brainwashed, like and all that. Like they they did that whole the whole thing together. Uh, I I thought this match was kind of stupid. I think it's the definition of meh. Yeah. There just wasn't really anything. But you know that this actually made like the best of WWE 2012 pay-per-views DVD, right? Well, this tells you about 2012. Yeah. But and Cody Rhodes was doing the 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 scarred boy thing at this time, right? Or was he still dashing? No, he was the uh uh yeah, he had the, the face mask and all that. This shit was so stupid. Yeah. Or no, he had just taken the ma- he had just taken the face mask off because Randy Orton like destroyed like ten of them. Okay. And I love Cody, but. He was still a little green back then. So this is a meh? Uh, a meh? Yeah, it's a meh. All right. We'll do two more before good old SmackDown starts. Yeah, that's going to be a, the go-home show tonight, which actually, uh, Legato Del Fantasma is actually in uh, in Boston tonight. Uh, so they might be debuting on SmackDown, but they might not have Electra Lopez with them. They might have somebody else. All right. Let's do a woman's one. And let's do a woman's tag team one since we did the 2019 Elimination Chamber. Let's let's cap it off with – well, not cap it off. We got one more. But the Boston Hug Connection, Bailey and Sasha. Now, this is for the inaugural, Right. Yeah. Anagrial. Yeah. Raw Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, and at the time, they were just the it's women's. It's not Raw. It's just the Women's Tag Team Champions. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, Boston Hug Connection versus Carmella and Naomi kind of thrown together, right? Yeah. Uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya, which was a legitimate tag team at the time. Nia Jackson Tamita, which is... Well, yeah. You and me with wigs on. And uh, <laughs> you also had the Iconics, Billy Kane, Peyton Royce. And you had the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. I remember this match actually being pretty good. It was good up until, like, when it was uh, – well, first of all, Nia and Tamina were uh, Team Botch Fast. Yeah. All right. But, like, the fact that it was – Sonya and Mandy versus uh, um, uh, Bailey and Sasha, like, at first, or, like, or not at first, but, like, you know, the last two teams, I thought that was pretty good because I do think that Mandy and Sonya kind of, like, deserve to be there. Uh, and, like, nobody knew because... 
these titles were technically brought back because they were titles that existed in the late 80s. And they were brought back because Bailey and Sasha wanted them back. Bailey and Sasha wanted to be champions. Yeah. So WWE brought them back. Well, because they were like a pure tag team. Yeah. And it made sense. Right. So, like, that they really wanted this. And, uh, but Sasha had a bad shoulder at the time, thanks to uh, Ronda Rousey. Because Ronda, you know, was still learning how to actually, you know, work as a wrestler. Uh, so Sasha had a bad shoulder at the time, and they didn't think they were going to clear her in time. So they pretty much told Bailey, they're like, hey, just so you know, you're more than likely going to have to do the majority of the fucking work. Yeah. And they did. Uh, and it's funny to think that the two times that Sasha's walked out, it's had to do with the tag team titles and the mistreatment of them. Yeah. Uh, and you can't blame her. No, because nobody, Vince did not give a shit about the fucking title. You should not even introduce these here because to fucking... I'm okay with the Iconics even winning them at WrestleMania. I thought they were a good tag team. But then to have them not defend it at all for like six months and yeah. then fucking lose them quick. Yeah, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Vince McMahon is a horny old man. Okay? You know that now. He thought... They do. I'm not saying they don't. But so he's just like, okay, you know, we need a heel tag team pal. And it's just like, and Bailey and Sasha thought they were going to get this long run because that's what Triple H had promised them. Uh, And Vince knew that Triple H had promised them that. That's why he went and did what he did. Because he's a fucking idiot. Uh... But then, like, but like this time around, this last time around, it's just like I think in his head, it all made sense. And to be honest with you, it kind of did make sense if Naomi wasn't going to pin Sasha. Yeah. Like if they had a different finish, I think it would have been okay. Because no, nobody in their right fucking mind would walk out on a main event when you're going to be in the main event. And yeah. Naomi was going to get the win in the title shot. Now, why leave? It, it just it didn't make any sense. What, this past one? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more behind it. Than... Yeah. I mean, and then, like, um, they're technically, they're still part of the internal roster again, but Triple H is kind of biding his time. Yeah. Her Instagram name is her real name now, so. Yeah. I don't know. But all I know is here... She should have gotten the long run. And I was – the Iconics, I was fine with them getting the tag belts. They were a good heel tag team, whether you thought they were annoying or not. They could have been a good heel. Oh, no, they were very annoying. But guess what? Peyton Rice did work. Billy Kay knew how to rile up a crowd. Yeah, they were good. I mean, I thought she looked like Gerald Briscoe in drag. But uh, but she was still good. Yeah. Uh, the boss – but this match as a whole, the ending was really sweet. It was really nice seeing them get their moment and win yeah. the titles and stuff, especially on a non-WrestleMania pay-per-view. So for that and that only, I'd put it in good. Me too. I agree. 
All right, boys, let's do one more. We're going to do one of my favorites. And uh, we're going to do the second one ever. Which really has a star-studded roster that uh, people kind of forget about. It's uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship. It's a Raw-branded match at the SummerSlam pay-per-view, August 24, 2003, in Phoenix, Arizona. This is one of the shortest Elimination Chamber match at about 19 minutes. But you had Triple H coming in as champion, Chris Jericho, Goldberg, Kevin Nash, Randy Orton, and Shawn Michaels. I know this was during Triple H's reign of terror, Doug, but I do think that this match was pretty pretty damn good. The only thing that wasn't was Goldberg should have won the title here. Well, here's the thing. It was originally announced that it was going to be these two, in, uh, or like Goldberg, Triple H, one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, Triple H thrusted too hard and Stephanie broke his penis. Uh, he had a groin injury. Yeah. Okay. So, and he did what, so their original idea was, all right, we'll do a, we'll do a squash and then we'll have a uh, Kurt and Brock be the main event of, uh, uh, of the pay-per-view, because that's the SmackDown title match, right? Yeah. So we'll have them do that. Glory Horror said, no, said I don't uh, think so. Uh, he said, um, so then they decided, okay, we'll do an elimination chamber. And then they were going to put the title on, on Goldberg, because that was... <laughs> That's your plan. But then he said, I don't want to drop it in the elimination chamber. Uh, wait for me to heal. I won't have sex with Stephanie for at least another few weeks. Uh, Sean, no, I got to blow him tomorrow. So uh, we'll do the title match another day. Uh, well, we get it. <laughs> uh, Who was he trying to impersonate? Triple H. Oh, okay. So he so that's why like they didn't do it that way because they wanted it to be like that special one on one moment. Yeah. So it, it was stupid, and the reason why it was only nineteen minutes is because Triple H really could not do anything. Because yeah, his cock was broke. Yeah. Which I mean, it, it might not even been Stephanie that did it. It might have been Sean. Right. Or Nash because it was that technically Nash's Nash's last night in the company, and Nash liked a good fucking. It was, it was Nash's last night in the company. And uh, it was funny because JR was even like, Nash is running out of opportunities, right? Or he said something like that Yeah. when he was walking up. Because their Hell in a Cell match I thought was really good. But Nash was like a contender for a while. He was a contender for a while, but then he loses a match on Raw to Tess. And it's just like, okay, they have nothing planned for this asshole. Yeah, they're done with him. So him and Jericho were in a little feud. Jericho cut his hair. But uh, and Jericho eliminated him here, so you kind of knew that Nash was done. Yeah. But uh, Randy is the young fuck just uh, there to help Triple H. I thought he looked really good. Goldberg took him out though. Uh, Shawn Michaels, you kind of had that threat that he could do it again. Maybe he'll do it again. So it was nice having him in there. Chris Jericho. 
always fun having him around. And then the story was Goldberg versus Triple H. And I do think the fighting and him and Ric Flair, that scene of them holding the pod closed and Goldberg like crashing through, that was a cool scene. Yes. It was very cool because, like, you had Flair just like, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. And you're just praying. You're just like, oh, Lord, please take him out. Like, let's get a lightning bolt or something in here. Take this old fucker out of here. Oh, I was hoping that anyway. Because uh, it's a, a Flair. To me, like, this evolution Flair, like, this uh, Flair and evolution, you know, protecting Triple H and all that and all that bullshit. Rick, that's when I started to really turn on Rick Flair. Yeah. I couldn't fucking stand Flair anymore. He needed to go. Well, that was good. He was a heel. That means he did his job. Well, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, this match was really good. I, I thought, and Goldberg crashing through the, Goldberg should have won. Yeah. It, it's obvious that Goldberg should have won, but... Triple H going in and surviving after losing the belt the la- the fa- the prior year. It was kind of a cool story. I like the way this one played out, and I say it's very good. It is. I mean, yes, a lot of people think he should have. But I think, too, it was either they do this, and then they save the big match for the Raw brand of pay-per-view, or, you know, they do that short, like, 90-second squash, which was an idea. Yeah, but also too Goldberg would have had to go in for a spear. A spear would have been too close to Triple H's broken cock. Exactly. Uh, he'll be alright. I think Goldberg should have won the match. Either way, look at it. Look at that. And it shows. It shows you how booking was compared to now. Let's put it that way. We well, don't really play off the favorites now, man. You used to do them back then. There you go. Oh, well, now it's just more based on uh, crowd rate. Like, Triple H listens to the fans. He used to listen back then, too, but then he'd say, all right, fuck you, I'm doing the opposite. Yeah. See, like, when Vince was running the company, Vince couldn't listen to the fans because he turned his hearing aid down so he couldn't hear any of them. That's a good one. Uh, this is definitely going to be a part one. Uh, we're going to do a part two in the future. Uh, we're putting that in very good. I did. And uh, that's our list for right now. So why don't you read it off, Doug, and then do the plugs, and I want to get the fuck out of here. All right. In Elite, we have Survivor Series of two. Very good. We have the WWE title uh, Elimination Chamber 2019 match and the 2003 SummerSlam. In good, we have New Year's Resolution 05, the 2010 SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, and the 2019 Women's Tag Titles. Mediocre, we have the SmackDown 2013 Elimination Chamber match. Man, we have December to December, the 2012 Elimination Chamber match that was done by SmackDown. And in garbage, we have the 2015 Elimination Chamber match for the Intercontinental title. All right, make sure you listen to Boxman and Smart, the wrestling outlet, on YouTube, Wednesdays, 10, 15, 20 Eastern time. True. Then, S- Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time for the Hollywood Hangout, also on the YouTube. Uh, 
So make sure you give them a listen. They can be, also be found on all major podcast platforms. All right, listen to us. 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday night for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Daniel, you get the opportunity to pick again uh, for next week. So what are they going to listen to on blogtalkradio.com slash everything is scripted next Friday night? <laughs> I want to do another uh, uh, War Drums. Okay. And I want it to be in the year 2000 in the month of May. May 2000? Yeah. Uh, do you want to do uh, we'll, we'll talk about it well no let's do the first what's the first Raw and Nitro in the month of May uh, they were both May uh, oh my god are you forgetting the date no it was May 1st May 1st okay. it was May 1st it was the night after uh, Rock had won the title of Backlash. All right. And it was the week before they did the triple cage at Slamboree. I'm pretty sure David Arquette had to wrestle Tank Abbott that night. Oh, and Rock wrestled Shane McMahon. Yeah. And we have a steel cage match. Oh, that's it, a steel cage match for the title. Right? Rock and Shane, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, you want to do that? Yeah, we can do that. I think yeah. that would be interesting. I mean... We've we been, haven't done a later one yet. Like, we we haven't, and like uh, like going back going back to May two thousand, it's fine with me. All right, all right. So that's next Friday night, tomorrow night, seven p.m. Eastern time. BlogTalkRadio.com slash everything unscripted, unscripted unlimited. We're going to talk Princess Bride, Eric's nickname in high school, uh, and. Uh, Eric should actually be joining us for that uh, episode tomorrow. It's about time he comes back to work. Uh, yeah. 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 Tell us that. I, I will, Clinton. Don't worry. Trust me. I have no problem talking shit to this face. Uh, <laughs> we know. Yeah. All right. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time for the Stabcast. Daniel and Mindy. We're going to be talking about the new movie that just came out, Smile. We went to see it in theaters. Uh, we got a lot to say about it. Okay. All right. Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Web Cave, you and Bobo. Uh, you're actually going to be on, even uh-huh. though you didn't know, and Sharon is too. We're doing another face-off, and uh, we're doing the character face-off because the Black Adam movie's coming out. He's going to be representing the man in black himself, Black Adam, and I'm going to be representing kind of an uh, old guard underdog, uh, Dr. Fate, that not everybody knows a lot about. So I'm going to be- I know nothing about him. Well, hopefully I uh, can make a good case for him and make you like him. All uh, right. So that that's going to be the main topic. Did you call our attorneys before uh, you had this uh, taken care of? Because I don't remember seeing any paperwork. No, I emailed myself. We're right. good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's what we're doing for the web cave. All right. And then I'm assuming uh, NFL Hard Hits will be back this week. Eric and Quinnett, they're going to review week five, preview week six. Check out our buddy Sean, Elite Diplodoc, on YouTube and Twitch. All right, I think we're done. Okay. See you guys. See you. Later.
mama's strength Ain't nobody man enough to feel the pain 